Let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It's MRES. It's uh, Mercury Real Estate, realestateagentsitrust.com. We call it in, in the building MRES because it's my company, and my company is Mercury Studios, Mercury Radio Arts, and uh, Mercury Real Estate. And this is something that we created that is a free service to you. It doesn't cost you anything um, to get a great real estate agent to either help you buy or sell your house. And right now, whew. Selling your house might be difficult. You have to get the uh, you have to have somebody who knows how to handle multiple offers. But buying a house is also going to be very, very difficult. You need somebody who really knows the value of your home, knows exactly what they're doing and can get the uh, best deal for you. I want you to call real estate agents. I dot com. Just go there now. Tell us what you're looking for, where you live. We have a real estate agent in your area that we trust. We will let you know right away. I mean, the response time is within minutes, usually. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. America, you know, we always start with something that is like, oh, geez, I didn't want to know that. Can we start today with some real good news and some deeper questions on the news? We'll do that in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about mowing your lawn. If you mow your lawn and you spend a couple of hours a week, uh, don't uh, don't do it anymore. Just don't do it anymore. If you're looking for a new lawnmower, make sure you look at Hustler Turf. It'll cut the time of your lawn mowing in half. It's a zero-turn lawnmower uh, built by the people who created the first zero-turn lawnmower. They perfected it back in the 1960s, and they've been doing you know, uh, baseball uh, fields and football fields and the sides of the highway. These are these huge machines that you see out there that run forever and ever and ever, and they're built to last because they should run about eight hours every day. Well, they've decided to make a smaller, you know, more economical version for the home, and they want you to look at it. And it is a great, great lawnmower. Again, cut the time in half. Now, you can go out to your Home Depot and buy any lawnmower. You can even buy a zero-turn lawnmower. But before you do, please find a Hustler Turf dealer near you and test drive one. There is nothing like a zero, uh, a zero turn lawnmower from Hustler Turf. Go to hustlerturf.com. That's hustlerturf.com. Welcome to uh, Stu, Stu Bergier, our executive producer and uh, cohort uh, on the program every day. 60 minutes just in an interview, Stu, with uh, Attorney General Keith Ellison. And they discuss the guilty verdict on Chauvin and uh, he was asked did, did, did you have any reason to believe did the prosecution have any evidence that race was a factor 
No. <laughs> Not any. This is, this is from a guy who would love to say, yes, crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. When, he, when you first heard the word guilty, you thought what? Ellison said gratitude, humility, followed by a certain sense of, I'll say, satisfaction. It's what we were aiming for the whole time. Spent 16 years as a criminal defense lawyer, so I'll admit I felt a little bad for the defendant. I think he deserved to be convicted, but he is a human being. Hmm? Wait, what? What? He's not... They had no evidence that this was a race killing. So what are we doing? Why are we tearing our country apart? This is one guy making a bad mistake and, you know, committing a felony on another guy. That's what this is. This is two Americans. One died. One is in jail. That's all this is. Two Americans. It's not white and black. Why are we? Why is this such a big case if they had zero evidence that it was race-based. Yeah, of course, they had none. They never had any. And No. You know, it, again, demeans the life of the people who get lost in these situations because it, instead of recognizing each individual as having value, we only see people as members of larger groups. And I, that is a problem. It's a collectivist problem. It is the same problem we've been facing for a very long time in this country. And, you know, like I was listening to a report this morning and I and I guess Merrick Garland is going to be uh, investigating the Louisville police uh, for uh, their practices. And that's where Breonna Taylor, the Breonna Taylor case uh, went. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they interviewed someone. They're like, and she's like crying and she's sobbing. And she's saying, I just think of Breonna Taylor because, you know, I, I'm 26 years old and she, and she was 26 when she died. And it's like. I'm sorry. Is this about you? I, I don't understand. I, I thought this was about Brianna Taylor because it, should we be saying her name or your name? Which name should we be saying? I, I don't. Well, like, so let me let you, me finish what what well, Allison said because it's yeah. exactly the same point. Yeah. It's exactly the same point. In our society, there's a social norm that killing certain kinds of people is more tolerable than other kinds of people. In order for us to stop and pay serious attention to this case and be outraged by it, it's not necessary that Derek Chauvin had a specific racial intent to harm George Floyd. Well, first of all, I don't buy into that premise. I don't think it's any more acceptable to kill a black person than it is a white person. Of course not. I, I mean, I, you know, I, that's why I have a problem with abortion. I don't think there's any difference between killing a born baby and a baby just about to be born. There's no difference. There's no difference. And I don't care uh, what the color is. Why would why if we were racist, why would conservatives be so upset about abortion clinics? The vast majority are black babies. So why would we care? Because we don't see race we see life and that is that is an important difference he said um the fact is that we know that through housing patterns through employment through wealth through a whole range of other things so often people of color black people end up with harsh treatment from law enforcement and other folks doing exact same thing don't if an officer doesn't throw a white neurologist uh to the ground and he doesn't sit on top of his neck Is he doing it because this is a fellow white brother? No, he's doing it because he thinks this is an important person. And if I treat them badly, somebody's going to ask me about this. This person probably has lawyers. No, that is not why. Please don't please don't want to assault everyone and just do it to people they think don't have lawyers. That is that is an incomprehensibly stupid read of the situation. But here again, here is the, the, the point that you were making. 
is this about something else? Because this is not about this stopped being about Derek, uh, Derek Chauvin and his racism. The minute they said there was no motivation on race. Right. None. It's not None. about that. No. Uh, you know, and it's 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 so it's just this odd thing of of trying to make everyone a member of a group instead of an individual. I mean, if a if a if a if a mailman murders a family, right somewhere, a, a white family in the suburbs. Do you ever watch that story and go, "Oh my God, I also have a mailman. That could have been me." I never think like that. I don't look and say, oh my gosh, another white person had something happen to them. Therefore, I also could have been the victim of that crime. That is a I weird do think that. way I, to think about that. I do think that way on um, teenagers or young kids getting you know, stopped or killed by the police. I do think about it, but not because they're white or black, just because I want to make sure my kids understand, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that right but again when the police are telling you to do something you do that not what that person just did because that will happen to you Mm -hmm. yeah there was a uh, there was a thing that happened with uh, an nba nba player and they were asked like uh how does it feel you're this big nba superstar and and uh, you could be shot at any time because you're black and it's like well you know he could be shot anytime if he runs from the police or like tries mm-hmm. to stab a woman like yeah mm-hmm. he has just a good, as good a chance of being shot as any other person if he starts doing those things you know i, I, I i'll be honest you. with you in his gated community probably not going to get shot and i understand what allison is saying and that like there are certain areas of of the country that crime is much less uh, lesser of a problem so that officers that work in those communities probably do feel less threatened going into them doesn't it has nothing to do with color it has to do with crime rates right if you if you're seeing you know if gunshots are buzzing by your police car every every hour you're going to be a lot more on edge in those communities um and that has nothing to do with the color of people's skin in those communities it has to do with the rates of crime and how many people get shot and killed and how many times they have to go out to see a violent crime in action that's sensible. I mean, it's sensible. They're going to be I more think, on edge there. I live in a good neighborhood, and I believe that, and I wish we could do a test on this, but you can't. Uh, I believe if we did a reenactment of, you know, my kid out about to stab somebody else while somebody else is kicking a girl in the head right on my front lawn, I would bet you if the police came at the same time, I bet you they would shoot my son. And they should. If he was the one that had the knife and said, I'm going to kill you, and they should. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely believe they would have done that to my son. And you'd still be devastated over it, but that wouldn't mean anything. Devastated, but they'd be justified. I would look at that and go, you are stupid son of a... To him, not to the cops. Right. I mean, it's... And that's not to say none of these things ever occur. Of course they do. But it's about the larger narrative of of trying to... I mean, you know, it would be... You look at some of the uh, of the of the way you know the, the different things the media says, and they paint a picture that if you are African American, you are going to get shot by police. It's basically going to happen. You know, I mean, I wouldn't. That's why people guess thousands and tens of thousands shot every year uh, by police because it, that's what it feels like. The priority given by the media is so high, and it's so low for white people who get shot by police. That people don't even know that white people get shot by police. They they don't know that more white people get shot by police than black people in this country. 
Let me uh, let me change subjects because I've got a couple of good news uh, things to get to. And I, yes, I am buttering you up for for something bad. But uh, uh, let me just give you a couple of good news things. New poll out. This is from the Harvard Kennedy School Institute of Politics. And it was how do people under four, uh, under 24 look at institutions? What do you trust? What do you not trust? 16 options were listed. A low of just 19% of respondents say they trusted Facebook all or most of the time. 19%. 79% of those polled said they trusted the social media company some of the time or never. 79%. That's good news. Those who took the survey said they felt the same way about Twitter, with just 21% saying they trust it to do the right thing most of the time. Only Wall Street... And the media scored in a comparable range. That's phenomenal. A total of 20% of those polls say they trusted Wall Street to do the right thing all or most of the time, while 22 said the same thing about the media. Only 19% of the people surveyed said they trusted Facebook all or most of the time. Now, more than half of those polled, or 58% of them, said they trusted their college or university administration to do the right thing all or most of the time. So that's bad news. But listen to this. 49% answered the same about the U.S. military. 47% about the Supreme Court. 45% about the United Nations. 45% about the police. So... You've got 19 and 21% for Facebook and Twitter. You have 45% of the youth now tr- now trusting the police. 42% local government. 39% about Google. I don't know how those people get away with it. 38% about uh, the president. 32% with the federal government. So the federal government is trusted less than your local police. of young Americans say they trusted the police to do the right thing. So that's good news. And one other thing. I'm completely convinced, and uh, there's a great segment with um, uh, the podcast last week where I am uh, talking to a guy who is a farmer. And uh, he's actually a historian, but I just want to paint him as a farmer for a second. And right before we went on, um, one of the producers said, what's the noise in the background? And he said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm disking today. And I don't know if anybody in the control room on either end knew what disking was, but I did. And I said to him towards the end of the interview, I said, I, I like hearing from a guy who even knows what disking is, but is actually doing it or having somebody do it right there on their property. And he said, well, yeah, I'm a farmer. And disking, do you know what it is, Stu? Do you know what disking is? Yeah, it's a soil preparation practice that usually follows the plowing, whether it was a <laughs> deep or shallow soil tillage. That's how, that's how I usually describe <laughs> it to my friends. That's how you describe it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. You know. All right. You were looking it up. <laughs> yes. So disking is just those, those round blades that kind of go in, and it just turns the soil up, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And you do it just to prepare the soil for planting and everything else. And uh, uh, we started talking about how... America lost something when we detached from the farmer. When you, when you are living in the center of the country and you have anything at all to do with farming, 
you don't your kids don't have to have sex education they see it and when they're young they're like why is that cow on top of another cow uh you you see the circle of life you know how to deal with life with birth with death uh all these things that are just deeply rooted and you you also learn basic kindness and responsibility not only for yourself uh but for your neighbor and most importantly you learn gratitude because life is not fair and you know we don't have a problem with this when you're a farmer farmers aren't they're not like i want reparations because there was too much rain or not enough rain or or i did absolutely everything right and then there was really a bad windstorm or hail on the last day no there's no reparations you did everything you could and it still failed so you have gratitude when it doesn't fail and you're not looking to blame someone when it does that's what we've lost well let me give you another piece of good news here i think this is i mean if it lasts if it lasts millennials are leading a rural revitalization according to tractor supply the tractor supply ceo has said their stock is way up they said they're seeing people come in now the core customer they are they are gaining uh, core customers now the new customer is the millennial customer we're seeing a revitalization of rural led by millennials uh they are coming into the housing market and for the first time in i don't even know how long 25 to 40 year olds are coming in and they are buying chickens they're buying tractors uh they're uh they're gardening and they're into self-reliance this is a really good thing when 25 year olds now again I, I think they think you know it's just you know it's a farm we just plant it and it grows I mean, it, let's check in a year from now or maybe two years from now it is the hardest work you've ever done in your life but it is really worth it but that's good news if we can get people to get rooted back into the soil um people's common sense just kinds to just just happens to reappear for some reason or another that's why all of the counties that are farming counties in california generally are conservative counties because you just think differently when you've actually had to grow your own food or grow anything including animals you just start to have a little more common sense all righty let me tell you about car shield when your car breaks down and it's not a you know it's not an if it's a when especially you know after your warranty expires your car's gonna break down come on come on it's going to you know it and i know it uh it's almost a guarantee oh the warranty's expired the chip's like oh it's uh, that means it's our time we can quit now that's what they told as soon as the warranty <laughs> goes out we can we can stop working uh and then you're sitting there with a car you can't fix because you can't you know you can't go to pep boys and and even diagnose what's wrong with your car let alone fix it and some of those chips are thousands of dollars a piece so you need to take this worry off of your plate and get car shield car shield cars go further because they're fixed and the people don't have to worry about those really expensive uh, uh repairs to their car or their truck 
if you don't want to worry about things, if you want to make sure you have a rental car, if yours breaks down 24 seven roadside assistance and everything's going to be fixed and you don't have to worry about it. I want you to go to carshield.com and look at their coverage. Carshield.com. Use the promo code Beck and you're going to save 10%. It's carshield.com. Promo code Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. So maybe it's that I think so much like a fiction writer uh, to understand the world that this one freaks me out. Stu, I read a. uh, I read a story today from the Post. Ocasio-Cortez said she likely won't be able to attend President Biden's first address to Congress because covid safety restrictions uh, are in place in the House chamber. And she's not going to be able to go. Yeah. (laughs) During a virtual town hall meeting, she said this. uh, Apparently, senior members get first dibs into the chamber for Wednesday night speech. That's tomorrow. Uh, She said, but they're very strict COVID provisions. So the house uh, that the house had to put in place. So she's not going to be able to enter the chamber for the joint address. Um it's just senior members. Only about 200 senior leadership members will be in attendance. So, <laughs> dare I say, dare I even, I mean, do I need to even say, this is, uh, please pray for everybody's security. Please play, pray for everybody's security. Um, this is just, I don't know. Well, I don't like it. Uh, you don't like that they're not letting everybody in? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, especially because they've all been, probably all been vaccinated. I don't know uh, AOC's stance on vaccines, but uh, uh, they've probably all been vaccinated. I don't know why they wouldn't just open it up at this point. Because they're sending a message. Yeah. Or just like he's they wearing a mask a on a Zoom call, right? Uh, yes. I guess that's that's, the- uh, that's what the White House said yesterday. He's sending a message to the world. What? That we're dummies? But it seems like this is being used to say, like, oh, AOC doesn't really want to go, and, and she she's not happy with... It. She should be thrilled with this administration. She's basically running the country right now. I mean, he... I think she is thrilled with this administration. Yeah. She said he's better than they ever expected. Yep. <laughs> that's AOC. That's, that's not a good thing. No. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you've been involved with a timeshare in any way, you probably know they're not all created equally. Uh, some are good. Some are bad. Most of them actually are bad. Getting out of them seems like, you know, an attractive idea. Oh, once the newness wears off and you're like, why am I still? I don't ever use this. And uh, why do we still have it again? Because even with COVID, we haven't even been allowed to use it. What does it mean? Well, to get out of it. Uh, requires a real sophisticated legal team. There is a legal way to get out of uh, timeshare and get this monkey off of your back. But you have to have a legal team that is devoted specifically to timeshare law. Well, that is exactly what the timeshare termination team is. They are a bunch of attorneys that this is all they do. Timeshare termination team. They're here to take care of the situation you're stuck in. Uh, and they have a 20% discount right now if you terminate your timeshare and use my name, Glenn Beck. Just tell them that I sent you. Visit 888-GET-YOU-OUT, 888-GET-YOU-OUT, 
or go to timeshareterminationteam.com. 100% money-back guarantee. Timeshareterminationteam.com. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're very, very excited. It's 2021. We have the big special that's happening tomorrow night. We're going to cover the president's uh, joint session of Congress speech live tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Become a member of The Blaze uh, and uh, join us for our live coverage. It's uh, 9 p.m. tomorrow, right? 9 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Uh, we're going to do a speech, and then we've got everybody and anybody uh, coming on to talk about uh, the reaction. Stu and I will be uh, hosting it. You don't want to miss it tomorrow, 9 p.m., Blaze TV. And I, I'm also very excited because there's another big thing happening in California. Gavin Newsom looks like they've counted all of the uh, recall signatures, and the recall is on, which means some glass ceilings uh, can be shattered. Uh, because Caitlyn Jenner is going to be running uh, for governor. And if she were to win, that would make her, of course, Stu, the first first female governor of California. Female governor. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. She'd also be the first trans governor. Oh, would she? Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I care about those things. Mm, not at all. No, I mean, really, not at all. Really? When it comes to governor. Yeah, I don't really care. Mm. Don't care. I- I know right, there's people out there, uh, David Duke, uh, Richard mm-hmm. Spencer, Ibram Kendi, Robin D'Angelo. Uh, yeah. People like that yeah. care, I know. about They care his, a lot. About all the, the, the immutable characteristics of the governors mm-hmm. uh, in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that very tight-knit group of identitarians, I, I, you know, <laughs> I don't yeah, think I people think care. you'd put us into the category of you know, people that say, it, would she be a good governor? Um, you know, and that I don't really even care about because, you know, we live in Texas. So, <laughs> I mean, we've written California off a long, long time ago. This will be interesting. Would she be, yeah. would she be a good governor? I mean, I have absolutely no idea what her policies would be or, or anything. Else. I know she'd be better than Gavin Newsom. Yes. Which is I almost know. impossible. Yeah. We, we actually made up these mugs. Uh, anyone else for governor? And it looks like a political <laughs> slogan. And it just says oh, anyone right. else because there's a lot yeah. of people with crappy governors. There's something in California that's going to go on where we're really going to test that thesis. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if California. Do you really mean anyone else? <laughs> anyone else? It's very true. Uh, it's it's got to be conflicting for the left. I mean, can they oppose a trans governor? Can they oppose well, a, I a know female we governor? We couldn't. Mm. Can we they oppose couldn't. a Kardashian it would just be our hatred. Is that possible? Are you allowed to oppose a Kardashian? <laughs> Never. I don't. I, don't, I know. don't know. Have you seen what people have been saying uh, online about this? Trans activists. Trans activists see no value in Caitlyn Jenner. Let me give you some uh, tweets from uh, Equality California. Ooh. Quote, make no mistake. We can't wait to elect a trans governor of California, but Caitlyn Jenner spent years telling the LGBTQ plus community to trust Donald Trump. We saw how that worked out. Yeah, actually, pretty well. Uh, now she wants us to trust her. Hard pass. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, hold it. We're supposed to care. We're supposed to think you care about the policies of the individual. When did that happen? 
stop recall after Trump banned transgendered troops from serving in the military, attacked transgendered students. I don't remember that. Even tried to allow homeless shelters to turn away trans women. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner still hired his former inner circle to run her campaign. Californians and trans Californians in particular understand all too well the risk of electing another reality TV star who cares more about fame and money than civil rights, health care and the safety of our communities. We can't let that happen. Governor Gavin Newsom is a pro equality champion who has spent his career fighting for LGBTQ plus civil rights and social justice. He's been there for us time and time again. It's now our turn to be there for him. Stop uh, the recall. Yeah, this is uniform uh, okay. uh, from uh, not only activist groups, but the media. Uh, Esquire mm. uh, had a headline. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner's campaign provides cover for the GOP's hateful anti-trans legislation. So it was Well, you know, there is there there is Mil- Alyssa Milano, mm. too. I mean, don't leave her out. Mm. Don't leave her out. Uh yeah, with all due respect, Caitlin, you're running as a Republican. Republicans deny your existence and are trying to erase trans youth. Hell no. Mm, you love that. Uh, oh, the yeah. son of anarchy himself, Ron Perlman. Well done, Caitlin Jenner. Running for governor wins you the one medal you never got. Stupidest mf on earth. <laughs> what a great... <laughs> it's wow. Cause, so cause, funny. Bruce Jenner won medals. That's why. Yeah. You see why how he tied that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Running yeah. as a Trump yeah. Republican and entering that world, entering a world that hates you. Really, we're the hateful ones, uh, apparently. Here, Glenn. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's skip all the rest of these because we all know they're just they're nothing but hypocrites. They don't actually care about anything, right? Glad you think they care about glass ceilings, Stu. Uh, I don't think they care about glass uh, ceilings no. at all. Um, they they first don't. trans. First trans governor, you think they care about that? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, so. look, if it's it's an odd thing because they keep asking us to buy into this narrative where everyone hates these minority groups like trans people. And their pitch is basically Democrats are good people and Republicans are bad people and Republicans are the haters here. So if Caitlyn Jenner did, let's say, run for governor and win, right, as a Republican... Wouldn't that go a long way to advance what your goal supposedly is? Like, if you really believe Republicans hate trans people and what you want for society is to have trans people accepted more broadly, what better way to accomplish that than having a Republican trans candidate? But you just said the key words. If you really believe, they don't really believe. I don't think they even really believe that Republicans hate gay people. Right. I I don't think they actually believe that. That's just a slogan Mm -hmm. that's been drilled into their head. If you actually told them, can you defend that? I don't think they could even defend that. No, I mean, look at Richard Grinnell, you know, who was in the Trump administration. When when they say Pete Buttigieg is the first cabinet person who is gay, uh, They're erasing a gay man. Yeah, they look at the rage that comes from the right. You're erasing Richard Grinnell, who did a great job, and we love Richard Grinnell, right? Like, there's not a. This is a. uh, It's the same thing. They do the same thing, you know, with race and and gender, and a lot of this is because none of this is actually real. This isn't. It doesn't have. It doesn't have anything to do with race or gender or really anything else. It has everything to do with politics. That's it. And like, I gotta say, Glenn, like with the Caitlyn Jenner thing, this is sort of the way this is supposed to work right like yes. they should be opposing caitlin jenner because at least uh, she's talked about 
wants lower taxes and lower regulation. They should be opposing her because she doesn't agree with her policies, right? So if you think those policies are bad, that's a good reason to oppose the person. It doesn't mean you hate all trans people, but they have the benefit of the doubt on that, and we don't for some reason. Whenever mm-hmm. we oppose someone, if we oppose Barack Obama, it's because he's black, not because he wants higher taxes, because he wants more regulation, because he wants because us to he's take- a Marxist. Right. <laughs> it's like we oppose, can't be that. We oppose Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, and Barack Obama equally, despite the fact they're from all different groups. There's white people in there. There's women in there. There's black people in there. There's men in there. And we oppose all of them because the reason the opposition is there is because we don't like what they want to do to the country. It's got nothing to do with the color of their skin. It's got nothing to do with their gender. And like in some ways, the Caitlyn Jenner thing is a model for what should happen. Democrats should oppose her because Gavin Newsom is much more of a socialist than she is. Right. Right. And they should celebrate. Wait, wait, wait. Republicans are not as hateful as I thought. They they would support Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know if she would win, but they would support her. Yeah, if she's a good candidate, if she's the right candidate, why not? Why not? Now, if she's a crazy reality star, no. But, I mean, why why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we if she was the best candidate? That's, that's the problem here. Mm-hmm. We don't get afforded that opportunity at all. Ever. No, and we should. We should. You know, if we think their views suck, we can say so without being called a racist or a homophobe or a transphobe or a phobe phobe. Do we ever get afforded that opportunity? As of right now, the answer to that is no. No. And I, I you know, you've, 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 you've influenced me, Glenn, on this. I want you to know that. Have I? Yes, over the really? years. Yes. Because oh my you, gosh. Well, well I'm, I kind of like wax on, wax off. You're yeah. like the, the karate kid and I'm the... Okay, You're right. sort of the Miyagi in this situation. I, okay, all right. And Tell me about it. You had a, a piece of, of, uh, of information and, and knowledge and wisdom on mm-hmm. race and the differences between people that I, I think of often, mm-hmm. which is, you? you know, why would you hate people because of their skin color <laughs> or right. their sexual why? orientation why? or their gender? Exactly. When you can, of They're, course, get to know them. Right, and then and hate them for real legitimate reasons. Right, I yes. mean, there's, there's legitimate <laughs> reasons to hate people. Yes. Those are not. Just take the time. I know you're lazy. You're like, I got a lot to do. Why can't I just hate them for color? Because no. it's so much better when you hate them for a legitimate reason. Oh, it's so much more you know? visceral and real. Yeah. You know, you could. <laughs> God, that person's just really, really annoying. Outside of right. their skin color, none of that has right. anything to do with this. We just Did hate you them know for their th- character. Did you know this about them? And then when you find <laughs> that out, you're like, oh, man, I hate them even more. Right. See, you didn't actually hate them before. No. You got to get to know somebody <laughs> to really hate them. <laughs> Our uh, sponsor this half hour is Legacy Box. All right, Mother's Day is closing in on us fast. Let me tell you a little bit about Legacy Box and something that happened recently. We were up at my uh, my mother-in-law's house, and we just lost my brother-in-law to um, tragedy. And uh, we were all going through the pictures. And these pictures were so faded and they were almost gone everything from the 70s almost gone they're just turning into like a sepia blank sheet 
And I looked at Tanya and I said, we have got to get these into Legacy Box because they're going to they're gonna be gone. All of these things are going to be gone. All these color pictures, a lot of the black and whites, they don't last. They'll be gone in another 20 years. So what are you going to do? Well, we're sending up Legacy Box to my uh, mother, and it's Mother's Day. And I think this is a great Mother's Day. You want to get her something great? Get her a legacy box, something she's not going to see coming, something that is out of the norm. She can sit down. She can look at all the memories. She puts them in the box, uh, all the videotapes, the camcorder tapes, the film reels, the stuff. I mean, I don't even know what format some of this stuff is. You just put it in uh, to the box, and all of those memories are going to be preserved, and you'll have a great time watching them with your mom uh, and, and also preserve them for coming generations. They'll come, all of this stuff comes back to you. The old media is there, but it's no longer trapped. You put them on a modern digital format, Legacy Box. Please try Legacy Box. It makes a great Mother's Day gift. For a limited time, Legacy Box is running a 50% off Mother's Day special. Order your Legacy Box today. Take advantage of this incredible offer. It's one of the best discounts they've ever had. Legacy Box, perfect for you or someone you love. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Beck and save 50% while the supplies last. That's LegacyBox.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? No, it's Tuesday. Tomorrow is Wednesday, and the president is giving his speech tomorrow night, which, I mean, I don't know what he's going to say. What is he going to say, Stu? Because usually these are about uh, asking people for, you know, big programs, telling the American people, hey, it's a big program, but well, why is he telling us about it? There's a scene in a lot of movies, and I think he's going to kind of do a similar thing. Um, you know when, like, there's someone who's at a bank, uh, like a teller, and someone comes in and says, give me all your money? Um, I think it's going to be a, a version of that speech. A version of yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, really, it's not the American people that are going to pay for all of this. I mean, they could, I guess he could do something where he could talk to our children and our grandchildren. Um, but really, I mean, why not just have a meeting with the Fed? Hey, I just well, I want to make my case here that you should print even more money. He's already proposed and has put through in legislation. There's already $10 trillion that is in play right now. In his first 100 days, $10 trillion. Now, remember when we were talking about, oh, gosh, what was it? Some big thing. It wasn't the Green New Deal, but it was like the Green New Deal. And we were like... That would cost $10 trillion. And it was like, that's crazy. <laughs> He's just spent $10 trillion on, on I don't even know what. What? In his first 100 days, what have we spent it on? It's really incredible. Do you know? Well, I mean, we went through the first bill, which had very little to do with, I mean, it had a little bit of money in there for COVID. A little bit of money going to the, back ch- to the people, but that was about it. Do you know how you could change the world with $10 trillion? Do you think anything that he has proposed will change anything? You'll be able to walk out uh, with an exception of destruction of souls and people and work ethics and everything else. Do you think we would be able to stand back at any point and say to our children, that is because we spent that money? Like our our parents and grandparents could go back and say, we all came together for the space program, and that 
is what we spent our money on. And you'd be like, okay, well, you know what? Mm, you know, we could argue about it, but probably money well spent. I mean, you know. It's certainly a great achievement. Uh, a great achievement. One of the greatest human achievements of all time. Are we? Do you think we're going to get any greatest human achievement? I would say $10 trillion to go put a colony on Mars. Okay. Okay, I'd consider it. I mean, it's not my kind yeah, of thing. I don't. And I don't like the government spending. But, I mean, if we're going to spend $10 trillion, put a, a <laughs> base on the moon and let's put a colony on Mars. That, I would go, okay, I'm really against the government doing all of this. But if we're going to spend $10 trillion on that, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, there's nothing. There's nothing of that. I mean, that's, I think, what the, he's going to try to paint that picture tomorrow night. Um, you know, where we're spending this money to to build up our infrastructure and do these amazing things, and we can work together to do them. Uh, but we've seen this we've seen this movie too many times. Uh, you know, this is not how it works out. And our roads and bridges. Oh, shut uh, up about our roads and crumbling. bridges. Oh my gosh. Oh, these poor gosh. roads and bridges. They should have built them right the first time, apparently. This is the Glenn Beck program. Well, between the news, appointment TV, endless scrolling on our phones, we're looking at our screens, unfortunately, more than ever. But how do you rest your eyes without feeling totally unplugged? Well, put on a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds and listen to something great. Whether you're listening to your favorite podcast, an audiobook, or working out to a pumped-up playlist, Raycons are built to perform anywhere, anytime, with water and sweat-resistant construction and seamless Bluetooth pairing. There are no dangling wires or white stems that are poking out of your ears. They're really comfortable, come in a variety of colors for maximum style and six hours of playtime, so you can unplug for a good long while. Best part? Raycon wireless earbuds start at half the price of premium audio brands like Apple. So you can pick up a pair and a spare. Right now, get 15% off Raycons at buyraycon.com slash back. That's buy, B-U-Y, raycon.com slash back. 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds, buyraycon.com slash back. The Glenn Beck Program. We have Donald Trump Jr. coming up in about uh, 30 minutes. We're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, John Kerry, apparently just letting Iran know about, you know, what our ally Israel was doing. 200 different uh, events he alerted them to. Is that a problem for anybody? Also, we have uh, Byron York on. He has written a new book called Obsessed that I want to delve into because it touches on a few things that are still going on. The, The media was obsessed with destroying Donald Trump. Now they are obsessed on changing history, the history that we even know, covering up for things that were really, really horrible, uh, and uh, and furthering stories uh, that just are not true, just are not true. Does the truth matter anymore? Byron York joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. All right. May I suggest, may I suggest that you do what I do? And I would say I do it to embarrass my children, but my children are so, so used to being embarrassed by me. But I'm wearing my slippers right now. And I wear my slippers out to pick them up. I wear my slippers to the grocery store. I wear my slippers everywhere. Not just to embarrass my children, but it is an actual benefit. I wear them because they have a rubber sole to them. They're really, really soft and comfortable. Uh, and, you know, they can pass for regular shoes. 
but they're your slippers and they are tremendous and you can get them now at my pillow they're my slippers at mypillow.com you can get 40 percent off of these now log on to mypillow.com click on the uh, new radio listener specials and use the promo code back to receive this incredible offer slippers come with a one-year warranty 60-day money-back guarantee it's mypillow.com promo code back you get 40 percent off of the slippers right now mypillow.com use the promo code back or you can call them at 800-966-3117 do it now Byron York is the chief political correspondent for the Washington Examiner and author of the book Obsession and a host of the podcast, The, Bry- uh, the uh, Byron York Show. Welcome, Byron. How are you, sir? Hi, Glenn. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Good. I, you know, I, I have we've got about 20 minutes and I want to run through a bunch of things um, with you. First of all, I was talking to uh, Victor Davis Hanson uh, the other day and I asked him this question And your book really kind of I mean, this is what your book is about. Obsession. The obsession that people had on getting rid of Donald Trump and just destroying him at all all costs. Um, and I asked him, when it comes to the media, the media, I know, hated themselves because they thought that they had, you know, them playing footsie with him, helped him get elected. Um, right. But is it is it just that or was the media's obsession with this also pushed by the elites in you know, the FBI or the CIA, any of the deep state stuff that saw Donald Trump as a real threat because he was going to upset the apple cart one way or another. Uh, and and they weren't going to have any of that. Which was the main factor, the the press just hating him and hating themselves or the deep state really kind of juicing that up and pushing stuff at them? Yeah, uh, that is an incredibly difficult question. And you're right, the book is about that. It's called Obsession, and it is about this obsession with getting Trump that, that began well before he was elected, that continued with the appointment of a special counsel and the whole Russia thing, and then impeachment, and then another impeachment. Um, so there was this uh, this obsession. I mean, there were there were Democrats who introduced a a bill to um, to impeach Donald Trump in 2017 for comments that he made about Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's where we are. It, it was an obsession. Right. So the question is, you you raise a great question. I'm not a really good armchair psychologist, but I do believe that the success of Trump. Uh, was deeply threatening to a lot of people. It was it was threatening oh, yeah. to some people who felt that they had some manner of input and control over the Republican Party agenda, uh, and they mm-hmm. became never Trumpers. Um, it was uh, it was uh, threatening to, to, to people who believed. Um, you remember this after two thousand eight and Obama's big victory in 2008, there was a lot of talk of the Obama coalition, a group of minorities mm-hmm. and uh, young people. And um, uh, there was this idea that uh, the Democrats had kind of cracked the code and that they would win the presidency from now 
on because demographic change, especially the rise of the Hispanic population in the United States, would literally ensure the election of a Democratic president from now on. And they were absolutely stunned that um, um, Trump won. But you're right, There's the, the darker side, the dark underside of that is what the intelligence and law enforcement agencies did um, during the Trump period. And maybe they were feeling threatened in sort of the same way that uh, others were. Uh, but the fact is, um, they surveilled a presidential campaign, and they did extraordinary things like like the uh, the meeting, which I, I still can't get over, uh, on January 6th, 2017, oh. two weeks before Trump yeah. is, is sworn in, in which uh, James Comey, who's then the head of the FBI, uh, briefs, uh, asks to brief Trump one-to-one, one-on-one, and he tells him that the FBI has this information about him and prostitutes in Russia. And Comey specifically worried ahead of time that Trump might take it as, as kind of, and this is Comey's words, a J. Edgar Hooper move. And, of course, the reason Comey worried about that is because it was a J. Edgar Hooper <laughs> move. And you right. have these, so what I'm trying to get at here is you had the intelligence agencies, law enforcement agencies doing extraordinary things, the whole dossier, to try to expel Trump you know, from the system. And so, so there was this broad obsession, and I think the motivations were, were different to different people, but, um, but it was there, and you're right, it hasn't gone away. Yeah, and it, it is it, the people who supported Trump, and that includes, you know, most Democrats, I mean, sorry, most Republicans, whether they were big supporters or not, it doesn't matter. If you're not in line, now it's your turn to be smeared and destroyed. And just when you thought the FBI couldn't get any worse, there's a couple of things. First of all, I read and I saw your great arg- uh, um, uh, article um, rebutting this. The FBI now saying that the Alexandria shooting, the the baseball shooting, I mean, notice it doesn't have a name. It's, you have to kind of explain it before people even remember it, right. where Steve Scalise and all of the Republicans uh, were would have been killed if it wasn't by the grace of God. Uh, just this massacre. The FBI comes out and says that wasn't politically motivated. The guy had the names of the representatives in his pocket with physical descriptions. How is this suicide by cop? Yeah, this was absolutely stunning news. And we just learned this about a week and a half ago. And what happened, everybody does remember, it was June 14th, 2017. The team was practicing. They were in Alexandria. It was all Republicans practicing for the congressional baseball game. Man comes up, asked one of the Republicans, Jeff Duncan, Republican from South Carolina is leaving early. Man comes up and asks, is this the Republican team or the Democratic team? And, and Jeff Duncan, having no idea what's going on, who the man is, says it's the Republican team. And shortly after, he pulls out a semi-automatic rifle, uh, begins firing, grievously wounds uh, Steve Scalise. A lobbyist is, is terribly wounded as well. Two others wounded less seriously. Um, and until the, the, the man, James Hodgkinson, is finally killed. So you're absolutely right. He, is a, he, he prides himself as a member of the resistance. He's a house inspector in Ohio. Um, and he um, uh, posts things on his Facebook page like, quote, Trump is a traitor. Trump has destroyed our democracy. It's time to destroy Trump and company. 
Uh, he, he was also part of a Facebook group, like, um, which was called Terminate the Republican Party. So he quits his job, goes to Alexandria, lives in his van with his gun, um, and waits. And you're right, he, he, he specifically targets Republicans. He has a list in his pocket of congressional Republicans he wants to kill. Okay, and so he does it. And there's absolutely no doubt, and he's a big Bernie Sanders supporter for what it's worth. He's, there's no doubt that he attacks um, these members of Congress because there are Republicans. It was a clear act of violent, politically motivated domestic terrorism. And if you remember, even at that time, the FBI was telling us that the greatest threat to our national security was violent domestic terrorism. Okay, so FBI, obviously, uh, Hodgkinson is killed at the scene, so there's no manhunt, but they begin investigating this uh, and looking into Hodgkinson. And the shooting is in um, June, and in November, the FBI has a private meeting with the members of Congress who were there. And the FBI says, well, we've, we've discovered the cause. And they say, well, and, he's, and the FBI says, well, it's, it's suicide by cop. And the Republicans are just dumbstruck. I mean, they, they said, what? I mean, they literally go, what? And they say, look, if you want to commit suicide by cop, you, you point a gun at police. And, and that will usually do the trick. Um, you don't go attack Republican members of the House. Uh, besides, there was a there was a, a small Capitol Police detail at the um, the practice mm-hmm. that day because Steve Scalise, House Whip, a Republican Whip, was a member of the House leadership, so he had a security detail. They were in plain clothes. They were in an unmarked car. The shooter did not know they were there. This was not suicide by cop. There's simply no way in the world it's suicide by cop. One interesting thing is. Republicans are often pretty discreet about these things. They didn't leak it. We didn't hear that. This was this was the the FBI told them it was suicide by cop in November of 2017, and we just found it out because one of those Republicans, Brad Winstrup, who was there that day and played a heroic role, um, revealed it in a hearing a week and a half ago at the House Intelligence Committee, and he, he revealed it because he had Christopher Ray the FBI director in front of him. Uh, so he told him about all this stuff. And you know what Ray's first response was? Well, I wasn't director then. Fine, you weren't director then, but the FBI did this. And so Winstrup uh, sort of demanded that the FBI explain to them what evidentiary and analytical process it went through to determine that this was a suicide by cop as opposed to what it clearly was, a domestic terror attack. So here's why this is really relevant. Um, you know, they said that Brian Sicknick was, you know, killed by in the Capitol riots. They say this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Um, and they're obsessed over all this. Sicknick did not die from injuries uh, at the Capitol. Uh, he died of a stroke the next day in the hospital. Um, so they're trying to make this into really an alexandria kind of moment where it wasn't it was a horrible horrible moment but it wasn't something where they were going in and trying to kill everybody at least seriously like this guy was could have been 
and was horrible in and of itself. But the media and the FBI seem so focused on only things that come from the right that I am uh, I, I don't trust the FBI anymore. And that is that's saying something, Byron. I've always trusted the FBI and and uh, and the government. I mean, you know, I've I've been skeptical, you know, and see, uh, let me see all the evidence. But I don't trust them at all anymore. Yeah, I, th- I think that is one of the saddest results of the last five years. And I think you're exactly right. First of all, I think maybe for your listeners, we should say there are lots of parts of the FBI that do old-fashioned crime fighting. They mm-hmm. search for murderers. They search for bank robbers. They, they search for all sorts of really bad people. And that sort of rank-and-file FBI work is something we should all be glad for. But there was a, a, a managerial elite at the top of the FBI that had become incredibly politicized. I mean, they, they actually had, during the 2016 election, they had both major party uh, uh, candidates under investigation. And I think there's something wrong with that right there. Um, mm. But certainly when we discovered what they did with the dossier, the steel dossier, in which the FBI actually wanted to hire Christopher Steele to do his anti-Trump research for them in the last months of the 2016 campaign. Absolutely inexcusable. They only had to sort of cut him loose because he was breaking their policy by talking to the press, because all Steele wanted to do was expose Trump Mm -hmm. and try to defeat him in 2016. And even when the FBI had to cut him loose, they maintained a back channel to him and, and continued to get what we now know were these entirely false dossier reports. And then there was this sandbagging of, um, of Trump that I mentioned earlier, the whole we know about you and those hookers in Moscow thing. Mm. And then there was the Michael Flynn case. I mean, so I think there's plenty of reason to not trust yeah. the leadership of the there's FBI. A- there's the FISA. Co- Do, are we ever going to get a final report? Are we ever going to see the final report on any of this, do you think? Well, there is no final report on this whole thing. Everybody has to piece together as best they can from what is out there. We, we know that there really is a Durham investigation. I know a lot of conservatives have completely lost faith or hope in that and think it's going to be nothing. Uh, but there are some people in Washington who, uh, who you would all trust, I think, uh, who still think that Durham is going to come up with some interesting stuff. But it's, everything is just a part of the picture. You have to kind of mm-hmm. put it together uh, yourself. But um, clearly the FISA thing in which uh, the FBI misrepresented the evidence in order to wiretap a former a low-level Trump campaign aide, Carter Page, right? Uh, because that would be a doorway into the larger Trump campaign. So it's not because Carter Page was the most important person yeah. in the world. It was because that would open a door into the Trump campaign, which they were investigating during the campaign. If, uh, if you're not reading the Washington Examiner and following Byron York, you're reading, I don't know what you're reading. You should be following the Washington Examiner. It is really, really good. We read it every single day. Uh, Byron uh, is the chief political correspondent and author of the book Obsession, also another must read, and the host of the Byron York Show. Thank you so much, Byron. We'll talk again. Thank you, Glenn. It was a pleasure. You bet. 
Our sponsor this half hour is GenuCell. Yeah. It's and true. It, it is I've GenuCell. Been, I've been... I've been bathing in it. Really? It looks like yeah. it. Yeah. I can tell. You look does great. It? Does it? it look, yeah. yeah. The swelling look. hasn't gone down around, because I have, I mean, I am ripped. My abs are ripped. Yeah, of but course. I've got swelling all around that area. That's terrible. So it's covering. Yeah, it won't go down. <laughs> well, you do need GenuCell then. Uh, and look, Mother's Day is right around the corner. Uh, so that's, of course, a, a good time to pull the trigger on some on GenuCell, especially if you happen to have a mom who loves it. Uh, my mom loves GenuCell. She, uh, very subtly asks for it by just saying randomly bringing up how much she likes it which is just her asking for more that's all it is uh right now they're doing a mother's day sale uh gets get uh your mom um we're talking about let's see uh jenny cell bags uh and puffiness uh the jawline treatment zotique uh deep correcting serum you get all this uh free when you just buy the classic jenny cell for bags and puffiness they'll add an additional surprise mother's day gift and their legendary jenny cell anti-wrinkle treatment treatment with moisturizer if you uh have a mom if you are married to a mom, if you happen to be a mom yourself, this is perfect for you. Three free gifts when you order today. Make this Mother's Day one to remember with the greatest skincare money can buy. You'll see results in 12 hours or your money back. Nothing to lose here. Go to JennyCell.com or call 800-577-8709. It's 800-577-8709. As a special gift, every order is upgraded to free priority shipping. Three free gifts with your JennyCell order today. Don't miss... Uh, the the offer call or click now. Happy Mother's Day from Shamani. It's genucel.com. It's G E N U C E L dot com. Ten seconds. Station ID. Yesterday, I told you about a New York Times article. We have Donald Trump Jr. coming up in just a second. Uh, there was an article in the New York Times came out yesterday reporting on a leaked interview between the Iranian foreign minister and an economist, and it was never supposed to be published. The leaked interview comes from an Iranian resistance outlet based uh, out of the UK called Iran International. The credentials are legitimate. Uh, they've been nominated twice for the International Channel of the Year by the Association for International Broadcasting. Iran International's angle here was that the Iranian official was admitting out in the open that now, Stu, hold down. You just I don't want you to flip back in your chair and yeah, that's very have very a whiplash or anything like mm-hmm. that. This is, but their angle was that the Iranian official was admitting right out in the open that the mullahs and the Republican Guard call the shots in Iran, not the elected officials. What? Now, this is a time that you would like to have Blaze TV because we are, our faces have just become the emojis with the big eyes. We're like, what? What? I mean, we're surprised. Call us shocked. Everyone knows that. <laughs> but what was buried in this story? Something that we are going to talk to Donald Trump Jr. about and also get an update on his dad and what they are working on right now for the future. Coming up next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Ever heard of a phone account takeover? It's when a cyber criminal tricks your phone company into assigning your phone number to a new SIM card or moves your number to a new carrier. When they do this, it allows them to access your online bank accounts, the credit cards, and so much more. 
these people are out there. They are crafty. Uh, a lot of them are Russians, uh, believe it or not. Uh, it is important to understand how cyber cram, uh, crime and uh, identity theft affect our everyday life. Now, there are warriors out there looking. Nobody can stop everything. But I will tell you that um, LifeLock is the best in the business. LifeLock, they can't monitor all transactions. Nobody can. Uh, but they have a team that is watching the things that you might miss on your own or other places might miss. And then they also have a dedicated team to help you clean up that mess if there happens to be some identity theft that happens in your life. And that's really, really important. LifeLock has been there for me and my family for years, and we have had alerts and had to use their team and everything else. LifeLock. Use the promo code BECK and you're going to save 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn, the promo code being Glenn. And you're going to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Yesterday, we told you about a, a little nugget in a New York Times piece. It was like third paragraph from the very end, and it was not even commented on. And it talked about how the Iranian foreign ministers let it slip that John Kerry had personally advised him that Israel had struck Iranian interest in Syria at least 200 times. Now, the White House yesterday said we're not going to talk about leaked tapes. Iran said this was a leaked tape. It was never supposed to be released. It was given to a think tank. It was supposed to be held for posterity, blah, 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 blah. And the White House isn't commenting on this. Really, they're not commenting. So the interview actually happened. The media is not stumbling over themselves to get to the bottom of whether John Kerry leaked classified information of an ally to their number one enemy and an enemy of the United States. Google the story. No one is asking the question. Now Google the story of of Trump leaking classified information to the Russians in the Oval Office. They went insane that, that story isn't even true. That story, but Google that story. That's there. They question that. Every major news outlet in the country and the world were running the same angle. But nobody is saying anything about this. So it's some anonymous source. It, it was a some anonymous source when they said this about Trump, except the National Security Advisor and the Deputy National Security Advisor for Strategy, both in the room at the time, said that never happened. And they weren't known to be Trump lovers. They said that never happened, but that didn't stop the media. The job of the media is to hold the government accountable, but they're not doing it. It doesn't, it doesn't, the laws don't apply, it seems, to some underground political elite, and John Kerry is in that protected zone. So did he or did he not leak information uh, about the Israelis to the um, Iranians? Well, he said yesterday that these allegations are unequivocally false. This never happened either when I was secretary of state or since. But then the, the uh, State Department released information saying the the information that Kerry allegedly leaked was already public knowledge and not classified minute john Kerry said it never happened the state department said it happened but it was no big deal which is it the guy sits on the national security council which is it 
to comment on this and so much more is uh, Donald Trump Jr. Hey, Don, how are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I think you and your family often say hi to your dad for us. How's he doing? I, I, he's doing well. I just saw him a few minutes ago, so he, he's doing really okay. well. And, uh, you know, I, I think you're saying it really well. I mean, it's sort of amazing what you can get away with if you're a Democrat. You know, I, I wrote the book about liberal privilege, but uh, we're seeing it more and more every day, uh, whether it's John Kerry, whether it's Eric Swalwell sitting on the House Intelligence Committee, whilst I guess it's OK for him to sleep with a Chinese spy. Uh, it, it seems like a double standard. I would think, Glenn, that these people would lose their minds if someone in the Trump administration did this. Oh, they would have, and they rightfully should have, if your dad, I mean, this is what's crazy. If your dad were giving secrets to the Russians, he should have been impeached. It would have been a big deal, but he wasn't, and they knew it the whole time, and they ran with it just to destroy your father, his legacy, and his chances of of winning a second time. But now we actually have evidence that somebody is doing this, and they don't care. Wait, a hundred percent. And it's not like it's a random occurrence. I mean, it's pretty clear that John Kerry has very close relationships with those in Iran in power. So this isn't like it's something that's surprising and out of the blue. I mean, these things are pretty well known. Um, You know, I'm pretty sure they would have talked about the various violations, whether Hatch Act or otherwise, uh, of all of the things that he's been doing had he been a Republican. But because he's not, he's totally immune uh, from any prosecution or criticism, even uh, from a media who just refuses to do their stated job of you know, their profession. You know, it's it's one thing to attack you guys personally, and I, I honestly don't, don't know how you guys live through it. I really don't. I have so much respect for your family, for your father, for Melania, all of you guys, for what you put up with. And I mean, I would have just I would have been on the roof of a building like a postal worker at some point. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how you did it uh, and still continue to do it. Um, but, uh, you know, the one thing it's one thing coming after you. It's another to actually make real accomplishments in the Middle East, things that right. people have been trying to do f- since the 1940s. You did them. Nobody recognized them at the time. And now in less than 100 days, everything's coming undone. Well, that's what's really scary. I mean, they're literally referring, you know, peace in the Middle East was sort of like the holy grail of geopolitical politics. And we actually right. did it. Uh, my father's administration actually did it. Now you have business opportunities, uh, you know, flights between Israel and other parts of the Middle East. They all probably wanted to open up that door, but there was a, you know, a long history that made it a little bit hard. Now Donald Trump opened that door, and within a few weeks, uh, not only is John Kerry seemingly fueling the Iranians, the, the world's number one leading state sponsor of terror, but doing it at the expense of our number one ally in the region, Israel. Uh, you know, we're bombing uh, the Middle East again after, you know, sort of e- trying to end the endless wars. All of these things that are so popular with the American public, uh, not so much with uh, the Washington, D.C. establishment and sort of the military industrial complex to sort of use the old fashioned term there. But they're reversing one of the most successful foreign policy missions uh, ever. And they've done so in 100 days. It's 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 truly impressive. I grossly underestimated Joe Biden's ability to screw things up. I knew it would be bad. I didn't realize it would be this bad. I didn't know it would be this fast. I, I I figured it would be bad, but not this fast. I mean, 
look what happened on the border. Uh, and, you know, now nobody cares about the cages. You know, nobody cares about the policies. He's reversing himself in some cases where he's going back and doing exactly what your father did. But it's a mess down there. It's an absolute mess. In days, he created that. Uh, correct. And they're wondering, they're running around saying, oh, how did this happen? I don't, I mean, when you give someone, you offer someone everything for free, you're going to get free health care, free education. This was a welcome ticket. You know, they get to give Kamala Harris's book uh, to children at the border. Imagine someone in the Trump oh, that's administration amazing. did that. Uh, you know, the indoctrination oh uh, of, of oh. youth uh, continues. It's not just in our public schools anymore. It's now at the border in Joe Biden's cages. You know, this stuff never ends. And yet again, if it was a Trump administration official, people would be losing their minds. It would drive you know, a multiple week long news cycle. When Joe Biden does it, it's, he gets a total pass. And they don't even discuss these things. I mean, you know, they're no longer cages. They were only cages for the four years between uh, the Obama administration and the Biden administration. Before and after that four year period of time, they're migrant facilities uh, where they're helping children. I mean, it's absolutely insane. And, you know, what's scary, Glenn, is it feels like the American public, while there are some and probably many of your listeners get it, so many are still influenced by a mainstream oh, media know. that has shown to be nothing but partisan hacks. I mean, they're literally there's nothing genuine, honest or real about today's mainstream media. And yet many Americans still don't see that. So tomorrow, um, Joe Biden is going to get up, and I don't know how they're going to keep him awake until 9 o'clock at night, but he's going to get up and he's going to speak. Usually, this is when a president will say, you know, he'll spell out big ideas and ask for money. In 100 days, he has already put in legislation over $10 trillion in spending. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> I don't know how much more you can ask for, uh, but, uh, you know, and that, not that they asked us for it. I mean, they should just do this speech at the Fed. Uh, hey, print some more money. I want to do these things. Um, uh, uh, what do we expect to see tomorrow? What, what do you think we're going to see tomorrow? Well, listen, I, I think you're going to see you know, a, a bunch of Democrat sound bites that have no basis in economics. You know, I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not a master of these things in terms of macroeconomic policy but, uh, and monetary policy. But what's going on is crazy. Like, you got to realize, like, this money has to be paid back. And I get it's great to be able to bribe the people with their own money, even though they're only getting a small fraction of the stimulus money, right? You say you sign a multiple trillion dollar bill. Here's a couple of grand. No worries. You know, they don't explain to the people that, guess what? Each family owns approximately 6,000. So you get 2,000, but you owe six now. Eventually, you got to pay the piper, Glenn. And so this is not sustainable. Uh, it, it doesn't work. We are putting our children and our grandchildren in debts that they will never be able to get out of. Uh, and, you know, they're doing it. OK, no one's saying anything because it's Joe Biden. Oh, he's trying to be really nice. He's not. He's really nice in sound bites and on TV. And yet, if you look at the policies that he's pushing, there's nothing more than partisanry and there's nothing more than vindictiveness within them. Um, you know, again, he gets to have that pass because the profession known as the media simply no longer exists the way it was supposed to. Do you do you believe I mean, you have to sit around and talk about this. Your dad built an economy that was actual. It was real. It was starting to work for right. the people down at the bottom of the end. 
uh, or the bottom of the, the ladder. Uh, and that's when it's real. This is going to be a sugar rush. And I think we're going to have a I mean, you just can't open an economy and not have a boom. Of course, we're going to have a boom. Uh, yeah. But it's also with all of this bogus money, it is I mean, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. That maybe 1929 up and down um, is, oh, your, 100%. is your and then you, you combine that with, uh, you know, wanting to raise tax rates on you know corporate America who employs so many people. Uh, you, you do that by you know, wanting to more seemingly more than double uh, the capital gains tax for people who are investing in those companies so they can hire. I mean. You're creating a disaster of epic proportions. Um, what that will do to the economy is truly, uh, it's scary. And I mean, this isn't just like, okay, well, we believe in a little bit higher taxes. These are draconian taxes that they want to put on Americans, whether it's corporate or you know, civilian, at a time when they're literally coming out of a global pandemic. Uh, you know, I understand the Democrats notion of, you know, you can tax everyone. You know, uh, Margaret Thatcher said it best when you said the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. But to do so at a time like this, when the economy and small business, you know, they, they've been teetering on the brink for a while. This will be like the death knell uh, to so many of those businesses if they do that. When people pull their money out of the markets, when they're worried about these sort of things, it's going to be a disaster. And the fact that no one's saying that, um, again, I, I don't care how you feel about these things in normal times, but if you're going to put that kind of uh, you know, hammer down at the, literally the end of a pandemic, um, I don't know what these people expect. I really don't. I mean, it, you, you wake up and you wonder if you're watching The Onion uh, when you're seeing uh, the news on a daily basis because it's, it's like a caricature of itself. Uh, we're talking to Donald Trump uh, Jr. Uh, Don, uh, I don't know if you guys are paying attention to the Great Reset uh, and what is coming with these ESGs, but it explains the corporations. It explains why so many countries around the world, uh, you know, did some black ops uh, uh, work against your dad, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think that he was uh, he was this would never happen under your father. And I think they knew that, and this is one of the reasons why he is out. But I urge you, if you haven't yet, to look into the Great Reset from the uh, the World Economic Forum and ESGs yeah. has just been pushed through in the European uh, Parliament. Of, of course. I mean, listen, I'm not as familiar with it as I probably should be, but the reality is this. When all of these foreign governments are going against an individual like my father, there's a reason for that, and it's not because... Yep. He was good for their economy. He was good for ours. America has been like the moronic, like redheaded stepchild of the world for so long, paying for all of their things, subsidizing the U.N. to ridiculous numbers, subsidizing everyone, whether it's NATO or otherwise. Donald Trump just said, hey, we expect everyone to carry their fair share. Of course they hated Donald Trump. They had the gravy train of a lifetime. America's just going to be a dumb idiot and pay for all of our stuff. They're going to subsidize it. They're going to be able, you know, China, free trade. Oh, yeah, they really want free trade. They don't want free trade. They want America to be a fool. They want one-sided free trade where they get to do whatever they want. Uh, and if America does anything, they, they raise holy hell. That's what's going on for so long. So I don't want foreign gov governments to love our president because it means you're a schmuck. If these people love you so much, it means you're being a schmuck, in my opinion, especially as it relates to monetary policy and these sorts of things. And so Joe Biden's reverting that because he doesn't know what's going on. He'll put what he'll sign, whatever the radical left puts in front of him. He, you know, in between naps, 
He'll do a couple of those things. They'll put him on a teleprompter. He'll even botch that every time. But no one cares because no one in the media is going to call it out. That's why it's so important for guys like yourself. And it's why I've remained so vocal. I mean, I could very easily go back to, you know, making money and being in real estate and doing those kind of things. But there's too much at stake, Lynn. I got five kids. I I, I want to leave them a country they recognize. I know. Uh, Don, it's great to have you on. Always is. We'd love to have you on more often. Donald Trump Jr. uh, More in just a second. We've got to take a quick network break. I'll tell you about real estate agents. I This is my company. And so I'll just tell you plainly, this is a free service to you. This is a service where we have these really good people that have been in real estate for a long time. They have worked with me with 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. We know the system on what makes a great real estate agent able to sell or buy the right house for you and get the most out of it. It's a free service to you. All you have to do is tell us where you are. If you're looking to buy, sell, uh, buy in one place and sell in another place, whatever we can help you with. Real estate agents, I trust.com. Go there now. Find the right real estate agent in your area. Real estate agents, I trust.com. This is the Glenn Beck program. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. COVID virus. We we have an update on how the states are doing. Huh. Wow. I guess it didn't pan out for everybody on the on uh, the Texas and and Florida going to get us all killed for some reason. That's not working out. But the Biden administration deeply cares, and that's why they have a conference call with all 50 governors. And uh, well, I mean, the vice president and president have have missed almost every single one. And uh, the 50 governors are like, hey, uh, can we can we get the people who are actually on in charge of this, you know, on the White House conference call? Could we maybe get them so we can ask them some questions? No, no. You don't have any questions of legitimacy to ask. I mean, what are you going to ask them? Your 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 is so puny. I don't know if you'd be able to comprehend their really really brilliant answers. Uh huh. We start there with the uh, infallible experts in sixty seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So, may I suggest that you call Goldline uh, and ask them about physical gold or, uh, or silver? Stu, when we first started talking about the dollar is going to collapse, and, you know, for years, I mean, it, it seemed insane to everybody. But for years, you were like, oh, dear God, shut up. Shut up about this. Yeah. And it seemed like there was no way the dollar could collapse. Is there a way that you can see where the dollar doesn't collapse now? <laughs> it's scary. That's a serious question. I mean, how? I mean, how does anyone think that this is going to last? Uh, again, like the dollar might be around, but it's going to be worth a lot less. That's pretty much a certainty. Nah, nah, not it's a certainty. It's all going to. Oh, okay. It's all going to be fine. It's Good. all going to be fine. So, if you believe that, uh, you know, I'd. I, I, 
I've got some swampland uh, to sell you here uh, that is wonderful. And just call me and get those details. Uh, if you're a smart individual and know that this, there's no way mathematically this can last. There's no way. Please call uh, Goldline now. They're waiting for your call. Find out about gold or silver. See if it is right for you. It is right for my family. Uh, but have physical gold. Don't get paper gold. Paper gold is just as worth. Why would you say I want something that is not a fiat currency and I'm going to buy it in paper so I don't actually have it? There's not enough gold for all the paper that is being issued. There's not enough gold in the world to cover that. If this really does happen, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, yeah, you'll get your gold. Yeah, you're going to get your gold. And it's uh, it's guaranteed. Guaranteed. I mean, some point. We're, we don't have enough now. I mean, come on. Physical gold. Find out uh, what a qualified IRA means and learn about their 6% free metals promotion for self-directed IRA acquisitions. It's a great special that you should not miss out on. They're waiting to hear from you. Call them now at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or go to goldline.com. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV, after months of delays and COVID-19 excuses and 100 days into his presidency, Biden will finally give his first joint address to Congress. Some predict his plan will be like JFK's moon landing challenge. But will it be closer to FDR's New Deal nightmare? Glenn Beck hosts a live reaction show with the great one, Mark Levin, as they break down the address that could completely transform our economy. Watch it live with Glenn Beck and Mark Levin, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Stu asked me a few minutes ago, you know, if you could take anything with you, what was the good thing that you would take with you from COVID? And I'm going to get into that because he's got an old list. We're getting into that here in a second. But uh, I, I want to use air quotes when I use the word positive because I'm using that positive very, very loosely here. But the one thing I wish we could uh, take along with us is this. um we, for the first time, at least in my lifetime, got to see and experience the reality of what so-called authorities really know and what they really believe. And we saw firsthand they don't believe in you and they don't know jack squat. They're doing a job and they're doing the best that they can. Uh, you know, not all of them are bad people. I think that's a that's a bad thing that we have started to label people. Anybody who is part of this we just assume that everybody is somehow part of an evil you know group or they're just they're doing it intentionally they're not a lot of people uh just don't have any idea what they're doing and they're doing the the best that they can and they're not part of a global conspiracy and i and i do i mean it's not lost on me that i'm saying it's not part of a global conspiracy anyway (laughs) um let's just assume for a minute that everyone involved, from Fauci to Trump to Dr. Burks, all of it, all of it, people doing the gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses, let's give everyone the benefit of the doubt that they're not part of a Soros-Gates globalist conspiracy that used COVID-19 to usher in the Great Reset and control our lives. Okay, it might be true, but it, it, let's just pretend it's not for a second. You can leave all those accusations aside because you don't need them. We, we, what, what, what we need to really recognize and take with us from this is that the so-called authorities 
have no idea what they're doing. That's the biggest argument against conspiracy theories. You're like, you think they, they could pull this off? They had done all their ass from their elbow. What are you talking about? The people we have put in place exactly, uh, uh, exactly for and precisely to manage global human diseases and public health issues were wrong. Then wrong again, then wrong again a dozen more times. They built and used models at the very beginning that were wrong, dramatically overestimating the case fatality rate for COVID-19. That led to unnecessary uh, lockdowns. I'm not saying anybody did this. that They were doing their best, but we just didn't know. Then they urged no mask wearing. Then they urged mask wearing. Then they urged two or three masks. Now I think we're back to no. I, I don't know where we are on that. The social distancing guidelines of six feet or three feet for kids, that's entirely made up. That's entirely made up. Study after study has shown that uh, for the U.S., state by state and globally, nation by nation, there's no statistical difference in how the virus spread and what the fatality rate was was across any given populace. Lockdowns and mass mandates did not impact the spread of the virus otherwise we would have uh, different results now in texas and florida wouldn't we now that just doesn't mean that anyone was bad it doesn't mean that fauci or bricks or anybody were bad people they're doing the best that they could if we give them the benefit of the doubt with the information they had and given the com uh, the context of politics and the bureaucracy in dc and the media the mistakes that were made resulted in real negative outcomes, including decimating the U.S. economy and violating so many rights. That's why 60% of Americans are skeptical of the government, their official COVID-19 numbers. About 25% of likely U.S. voters have indicated they don't plan on getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Why? Because we don't really feel like we've had anything that was true. We, we, we see other things that are bad like this, but this isn't the bubonic plague. And because we have so overreacted for such a long time, it was fine to overreact for the first month, two months. But once we hit summer, we were all kind of looking at it going, okay, I think we know what we have here, and it's not as bad as everybody said. And everybody has made you know, uh, Fauci into this golden calf that we're supposed to just, you know, worship. Now, if the government doesn't have anything going for it on COVID-19, I mean, if they screwed it up this badly on COVID-19, all of the all of the so-called experts, it got so much so wrong. Is there a possibility that they don't have it right other places? Take, for example, 94% of professional Wall Street stockbrokers are bullish looking at U.S. stocks over the next 12 months. And not to be outdone, but retail investors, mom and pop investors like you and me, are equally committed with 9.8 long bets for every one short bet. That's 98% of the people think, this is going to be great. It's going to be a boom. Usually when everyone's in the boat... It's bad, especially when the stragglers like you and me, we start to glom on. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We just experienced 
the highest ranked and most powerful government officials. We experienced that they got almost everything wrong with COVID-19, wrong diagnosis of how deadly it was, wrong treatment in face mask lockdown, wrong policies on medical treatments, not protecting our older population with true quarantines for those most vulnerable. But when it comes to the economy and stocks and money, money printing, we don't really talk about Janet Yellen, Jerome Powell, Joe Biden. Do they have the slightest idea of what they're doing when they are telling us they're doing things that have never been done before? See, I just think that's a problem uh, because you're you're dealing with the money that we all have in our savings account. Anything that you saved could be gone because they're trying something we've never done before. Now, COVID was 19. COVID-19 was something we had never seen in our lifetimes. And look at what the government did. I got news for you. No one has ever seen what's coming in our global financial system either. 64, listen to these numbers. 64% of all of the new currency created across the entire world in the past 12 months has been U.S. dollars. 64%. The previous one-year high was 14% of all currency was U.S. dollars, 64%. Retail investors made 27% of all U.S. stock trades in Q1. Ten years ago, retail investors accounted for only 5% of total stock trades. So that means if it crashes, you're involved. The Fed has printed currency to buy $2.5 trillion in new government bonds, plus nearly a trillion in corporate bonds and ETFs. Prior to the year 2020, the Federal Reserve had never bought any of those things. They had never purchased any of those things, ever, at all. So we have no idea what's going on with the stock market. Every indication shows U.S. stocks are historically overvalued compared to earnings and corporate revenues. There is no precedent ever for the Fed printing more than 25% worth of GDP in new currency and using it to prop up the government and the entire financial sector. Now, much like the lockdowns and the masks and the closed schools, this is just a live experiment that we're just doing, and you're the guinea pig. Effective zero rate interest for new debt, trillions in new currency digitally printed and used to buy bonds, stocks, keeping companies that Uncle Sam wants to keep afloat afloat and keeping Uncle Sam afloat. Stocks blown up to the largest asset bubble in human history. But don't worry, the authorities have this. They have it. You know, Fauci may be taking his punches now, but I expect a couple of years from now it's going to be Powell and Yellen. Yeah. Assuming that they have the best intentions, we shouldn't assume they know what they're doing or that they actually have a plan that you or I would agree with. See, the phenomenon that I want to take uh, from COVID is the potent director's fallacy. And I'd like to take that because we have recognized it as a fallacy that our directors know exactly what to do. And this comes from a time of economic expansion or we win wars or whatever, and people are like, see, they know what they're doing. 
But once there's trouble, we really see they don't know. It's, I like to call it the Wizard of Oz effect. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Powell, Yellen, Fauci, Biden, they're all behind the curtain. And they're just pulling levers and knobs. They have absolutely no idea what the hell they're doing. And they hope that it works out. Until Dorothy arrives. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to find out they're nothing but traveling salesmen. That's it. Don't buy what they're hawking. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So Diane wrote in about her experience with American Financing. She says, I'm a realtor of 34 years, and this was my personal refi loan. And it went incredibly smoothly. Weekly updates were great. Knowing where the process was on a daily basis through the website was nice. I could look at it at any time. Best of all, I'm saving $400 a month on payments. I highly recommend American financing. Diane, thanks for writing in. It appears that you're one of the many people who discover on a daily basis what it's like to be treated the American financing way. You're treated with respect. You're treated as family. You're treated like a small business treats people because that's what they are. They're still a family owned and operated business. And they, you know, they will cover you coast to coast, but it still has that mentality. And they don't work for the bank. They work for you. So you want to save money? You want to get the right loan? Call American Financing now. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Americanfinancing.net. 10 seconds. Station ID. So if you could take anything from the COVID experience, uh, I would take what we've learned, how fast we can turn into a dictatorship uh, and that our authorities really don't know jack squat. They're bluffing. Uh, But I'd also maybe take working from home. I do like that. Keeps me closer to my family, but most Americans can't do that. You know, now you're you're working at the 7-Eleven or you're, you know, you're... uh, you're working construction or whatever you're doing. You're not doing it from home. I'm, you know what? I'm going to build that shed at my house. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think that'll work. I don't think that'll work. Stu, you had a list earlier this week of the things that you would keep from COVID. Yeah, tell me if you disagree with any of these. Uh, no traffic. Yes, I would good. keep that. Uh, social distancing. Now, look, I understand people like to gather. I don't mean that. I just mean I want you to stand six feet away from me at least. I don't has, has nothing to do with COVID. I just don't want the, the Seinfeld close talker thing coming back. We're, we got rid of it. Let's let's keep it going. How did you ever work with me? How do you work with me? Because I'm like a hugger. I'm, I mean. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you are sometimes. A, I don't. I mean, look, hugger is a different thing than talking, you know, six inches away from somebody's face. There's no oh, okay. reason. Okay. I, right. I sit across the table from you and do a radio show and we're, you know, five or six feet away every day. Like, that's fine. That's we can hear each other. I, it's, yeah. it's easy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Hand washing. Keep, keep washing your hands, boys and girls. Uh, that bothers me that we have to tell people that. You know, it is you know? really weird, but like, the, yeah. <laughs> it's just something we should just kind of keep around. Uh, streaming mm-hmm. mo- new movies at home. I'm in. I want to keep that. Now, I want the theaters to stay around too. I know yeah, I want the I best of say. both worlds here. But so I, I went to see 
I went to see Godzilla with my son this weekend. Oh. We saw it already on, I know, oh. we saw it already on TV the day it came out, and it was good, but it was nothing like seeing it on the big screen. Uh, first of all, it was not good. It is a, is a, a, I can't even finish it. It's so bad. I mean, it, and I like, you don't I like loved it. Godzilla. The, the one with Brian Cranston in it, the first one, I thought it was great. Really? Yeah, okay. This is, the last one was terrible, though, too. Um, how about yeah, they're, um, they're not great they're not great no they're not great i mean they, they it's a godzilla movie so yeah. as far as godzilla movies go it's fantastic no it's not fantastic mr cgi uh, uh, opposition to cgi it looks like a cartoon it's it's not even it's not even, it's so the the cgi is so overpowering ridiculous this is i'm not this is not one of the things i want to keep from covid godzilla yeah. movies um, I don't think it's coming back. How about drive-in theaters? They made a bit of a comeback. I thought that was cool during COVID. I never went. Okay. I never went. How about now? This one's going to be controversial, but let me just say it. Masks, but only for Lena Dun- Dunham. We just keep her <laughs> just for her. Al- okay. How about alcohol delivery. Positive of, of COVID. Now, again, that this came is in because of COVID. Yeah, they, they wouldn't. I they, mean, they, alcohol should always be delivered to anyone's home day or night, especially from restaurants. Seven. Now, they have services that will do it. But they in, at least in Texas, they changed the laws around this because they're like, oh, they people don't need to go to church, but they've got to have they got to have a Moscow mule delivered to their home. That's got to happen. <laughs> true. It is true. God works, but it's a long time. And now, it's a long time. You got to really work for it and everything else. Alcohol works the minute you get it. It's true. <laughs> Now, Glenn, this one you will appreciate, I think. <laughs> Self-quarantining. The ultimate excuse to get out of a, a social event. I, I can't. Like I'm self-quarantined right now. Unfortunately, I yeah. just can't make it. Uh, that's a solid Damn one. it. I wish I could. Mm-hmm. How, uh, I working from home. How do you feel about working from home? You're working from home I love today. It. I love it. That's love a big it. thing. Okay, telemedicine, yeah. not having to go to the doctors. Now, that love was around it. before, but is much more prominent now. I think it's a good love one. It. Empty middle seats on planes. I want to keep that. Yeah, I love it. Good one. Okay, yeah, I'm with How you about no one. more April Fool's Day? They basically canceled it in April 2020, and then they, like, all the companies got to do their dumb little jokes that no one laughs at, but they do anyway. I'm fine getting rid of it forever. Yeah, okay, I'm, 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 I'm good with that. I don't see that as one of the <laughs> real benefits of COVID. Of COVID. I'm saying things I want to keep around, like no more birthday candle blowing out and then eating the cake right afterward. That's (laughs) a weird thing. Think about it for a second. It's weird. No, I don't have to. I think about it every time somebody (laughs) blows the candles out. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Have one hamburger a month. I'm not... I'm not making this up. Did you see Simon and Schuster has decided to uh, change some of their cookbooks? They're going to go in and they're going to make uh, make cookbooks with a lot less meat because people shouldn't have meat now because of the environment. I believe this is either the apocalypse or another civil war. This is the way it starts. I'm just I'm just saying eating a perfect hamburger. Don't you dare even come close to me. Don't. And now, especially that I have a Rectech, because you, you Rectechs, their smart grill technology is amazing. And you will never burn anything. It will come out perfect every single time. And you don't have to do very much at all. Uh, and you can smoke your meat until it falls off the bone. It is so good. It grills, it smokes, it even bakes. It's smart grill technology. It's Rectech. Sturdy, smart, 
It's dinner time. Rectech. Call them now or go to their website and check them out. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Rectech with a Q.com. Visit them and get a Rectech now. Sure, you can save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV, but what if you could save 20? You could do it now Whoa. with the promo code Glenn Whoa. at blazetv.com slash Glenn. You know, you'll hear a lot of experts uh, talk about the virus, uh, talk about uh, the shots that everybody's supposed to get when it comes to COVID. But um, the guy we have with us now, you probably know, Dr. Harvey Reich. He's an epidemiology professor at the Yale School of Public Health. So this is his specialty. Now, he's the guy who um, I guess we first heard of during this uh, pandemic because he said hydroxychloroquine works. It's easy. We have it. It works. It will help, uh, you know, get rid of a lot of this stuff. I know that I took hydroxychloroquine uh, when my family had COVID, everything else. I never got it. I stopped taking it six months later. I've got COVID. Uh, I think hydroxychloroquine was a miracle um, and at least something that would slow things down for a lot of people. But who am I to say? Dr. Harvey Reich is uh, here with us now. Hi, doctor. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for speaking out, whether you're right or wrong, speaking out about the things that you believe in uh, and uh, and not bowing to the pressure of this new weird science uh, rule that we just don't question authority. Um, let me uh, let me talk to you about the um, the vaccines. Uh I get so much heat because I've had COVID. I'm, I'm not interested in getting the vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I, I don't have a problem with the vaccine. Um, but I know my kids are young. I'm not going to give it to them. Uh, and because I don't think it's, I, I think there's too many questions out there about something that is brand new that we've not had, you know, trials on. Uh, if they needed it, my, my parents, I would give it to my parents. I encouraged my parents to take it. If I were a little older and more frail, I would take it. I'm called insane for having those standards. I, 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 am I? No, you're completely rational. And when people are, are calling you names instead of debating the science, you know, the tables have flipped. The, the science, you know, the real science, the evidence is what matters. And we know a couple days ago, proof of, of exactly your understanding was, uh, has been uh, written in an article from Israel where they actually looked at some 7 million people and their experience from taking the vaccines or having had COVID or being unvaccinated and not knowingly have had COVID. And what they found is that there was equal protection from getting COVID either a second time or after vaccination uh, from people who have been vaccinated as, as the same as people who've had COVID in the past. And so, this means that their protection from, from COVID is just as good as 90% or higher than, than the same as, as the vaccines from getting COVID. So then why is everybody pounding? And nobody seems to be paying attention to what we have going on in Israel. We have a population that has has vaccinated. They have herd um, uh, immunity now, uh, and we're seeing different kinds of results. We have the facts. Why isn't Why isn't anybody talking about this? Well, because I think there's different motivations. 
than just vaccinating people for their health benefit. Um, I think we are in a mania. Uh, there's no other way to put it that people are convinced as a matter of their religious assumptions, that vaccination is their creed and, and, and it's uh, a mania that there's no discussion, there's, there's no pros and cons, that, that the cons don't matter no matter what. Uh, I think that what's more interesting than Israel even is United Arab Emirates, who've also vaccinated 60% of their population with essentially the same vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine. And I think their experience is more realistic that uh, what one sees is the mortality come down quickly, but the case numbers not. The case numbers are, uh, came down, but much more slowly. And that is what's to be expected from vaccination. And that's why, right. even though we've been vaccinating a lot in the U.S., that there's still cases occurring. And we do have herd immunity in, in many states in the U.S., but it's, it will be slow. And that doesn't matter. And as I've been saying for the whole year, it's not the cases that matter. It's the people who are hospitalized and the the people who die from the disease that matter. And people right. are just freaking out. Because that's what separates. Case. Right. That's what separates this from the flu is how bad it gets for so many people and how many people would die from it compared to the flu. But if you get it and you're sick in your home and you stay home for a couple of weeks and you don't have to go to the hospital and you don't die from it, then it's just the flu. Well, a couple of weeks would be enough to, you know, to put a big dent on, on people's uh, economic viability and, and so on. Uh, it should be a couple of days. And, right. you know, we've, now we've got uh, half a dozen or more medications to be used to treat this for outpatients when they're, when they're treated in the first few days. And they all work. They all combine. They're very effective. They're even, we know they're effective for the Brazil variant. The, the Brazilians have been using them and, and have found them effective. So we know how to manage this, and we've known how to manage it for a long time. But, of course, can you think of any other drugs, any other approved medications that have been blocked or prohibited by medical societies, you know, medical regulatory agencies? No. no. That is, that's especially, like, if you're talking hydroxychloroquine especially, that's been out forever, forever. Right. We know exactly right. what it is. So the fact that, there, that there's interference in a drug that is safer than aspirin, that has been used for 55 years in tens of billions of doses, the fact that there's pushback uh, and, and formal government and medical interference in that, there's no explanation other than a nefarious reason. There's, there's no health explanation. So I could dismiss a lot of the things that were happening at the very beginning as, you know, we didn't know what we were dealing with. Do we know what we're dealing with now? Pretty much. Okay. Um, does it ever become something that we're, you know, because I said at the very beginning, you know, that this is probably going to be something that we have to deal with for the rest of our lives, like the flu. But if it is even has the same rate of death of the flu, that's doubling that. And it's a big number. So it's not something you want to do, but it's going to be with us forever. And we're, it's going to be like the flu. Do we, does it look like we're headed in that direction? Is that what we're, are we going to deal with this for the rest of our lives? I think that there's two things. First of all, this is when, you, when children are affected, it's a cold. It, almost every, you know, one in 10,000, it, it may be more serious. But, but by and large, for almost all children, young children, this is, this is nothing worse than a cold. 
if they spread it to each other, it, it's, it, it, it's unusual. Mostly they get it from adults. And they develop T-cell immunity, and they're protected. You know, we only, we've only known about it for, for 15 months or something, so it's hard to know how long anything lasts. But the evidence is that that T-cell immunity will be long-lasting. We know that T-cell immunity from SARS-1 is now 17 years old, and people still who had SARS-1 are, are still have T-cell immunity from that. So um, it's likely that children will get it. It'll be a cold-like illness, and they won't even, most won't even know it, and it'll go away, and that'll be the end of it for them as they mm. get older in life. It's we adults who have to deal with it now when it gets entered into the population as an endemic disease, which it is. So we have a transition period to get through it that children, especially young children, will not have. And I think the long-term uh, characteristic of this will be over the next 20 to 30 years when each new generation of, of children hardly notices that anything's happening, whereas the adults you know, have to deal with it one way or another, and whether it's vaccination, whether it's getting the disease, whether it's prevention, whether it's treatment, all of those are possible ways of, of dealing with it for the adults. Is there any reason that you can see that Texas and Florida and places that didn't lock down are doing better than uh, the places like California and New York? Why is that happening? That's because lockdown is counterproductive. At the beginning, at the very beginning of this, when we had no idea what was going on, lockdown was useful in order to give us buy time to figure out how to manage it, how to keep the hospitals from, from overflowing right at the beginning. But after that point, once the disease is endemic, there's no point because all you're doing is prolonging the inevitable. The disease is endemic. It is in the population. It will grow to the, de to the degree that there is no herd immunity. So the states like North Dakota, South Dakota, Texas, Arizona, Tennessee, uh, you know, that, that didn't lock down or didn't really lock down, th that have let the, the infection go and, and occur in young people who are mostly unaffected, or if they get it, it's a mild disease, and they recover pretty much perfectly well, if not in a couple of weeks, then a month or two, then what you get is you build up a lot of herd immunity. And so we had herd immunity in North Dakota in October and mm. in, in South Dakota in October, November, and so on. And, and so those peaks have come down dramatically. Same as Texas and, and Florida. The, the amount of herd immunity that's built up is quite large. And once that happens, and, you know, and this is, herd immunity is not a function of, of vaccines. Vaccines contribute to it, but so does natural infection. And most mm -hmm. people are asymptomatic. So they built up the herd immunity, whereas California didn't. So is the idea that uh, once you get the vaccine or once you've had it, that you still have to uh, be quarantined or you can't go out for Fourth of July or you have to wear masks? That's bullcrap, isn't it? Well, so this is a subtle thing that I don't think was well recognized, and that is that just like masks, there's a benefit for the person and there's a benefit for the bystanders, the people around the person, and that's called source control. And what we've heard that the uh, manufacturers' randomized trials for safety and efficacy only examined benefit for the people who were vaccinated. And that benefit is between 60 and 90%, and generally tending towards the 90% for, for most in, in the vaccination trials. But what they didn't evaluate 
is how much vaccinated people uh, do or, or don't transmit the infection to others. And this is why I was saying the United Arab Emirates, their data shows that, in fact, transmission is not um, benefit quite nearly as well as, as vaccine, vaccination for the person. So the mm-hmm. vaccines cut the individual's risk by 90% of getting COVID, but they only cut the risk of transmission by 50 to 60%. And that's why the case numbers go on for a long time, even though the mortality goes down. And I think mm-hmm. that's really, we've been sold the idea that if these vaccines prevent the disease by 90%, then why can't we just go out and have normal life? And the answer is because they don't prevent transmission nearly as much, and so it will still spread. Now, the spreading, is, as I said, is not necessarily bad. If the people who are at high risk, who will do poorly if they get it, are adequately protected, either by vaccination or early treatment or prevention with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and other, other medications, if they're adequately uh, protected, then the society reopens like normal. Our schools should be open. Day camps should be open, um, you know, because we, that is how you get herd immunity in safe, natural, protected ways. And, and you protect high-risk people by keeping them uh, basically separated to a certain degree, as well as having vaccination and prevention and treatment. And I think that's the whole way that, that this we work out of this. Doctor, um, it is a pleasure, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you uh, so much for the work that you do. And uh, keep your spine. You are an inspiration to a lot of people um, that you are willing to take the hits uh, from, from, you know, your own, your own circles. Uh, thank you for that. Dr. My Harvey pleasure. Reich, you know, uh, great go ahead. Great to talk to you. And I was just going to say, good, good na- to nature, you know, speaks to us through science, and I don't consider that nature lies to me. I, nature tells the truth. I just have to be open to, to listening to it, and I'm just a messenger here. Good for you. Dr. Harvey Reich, uh, epidemiology professor at the Yale School of Public Health. Back in just a second. Our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. Megan lives in California in her mid-30s. She was in a horrible car accident, left her with shooting pains down her neck and her back. Got to be so bad she was, you know, she was going to a chiropractor and an acupuncturist six times a week. She heard about Relief Factor on the radio and decided to give it a try. Within two days, she said her pain began to subside. Within a few weeks, she was back to normal. No more trips to the chiropractor, no more trips to the acupuncturist. Megan considers her discovery of Relief Factor to be nothing short of a miracle, and it shows. I've been where Megan is. I've been where you are now. I'm past it. Megan is past it. Will you just try Relief Factor to see if you can get past it? 70% of the people who try the three-week quick start go on to order more. You should know within three weeks. Now, it doesn't work for, you know, maybe 30% of the population. But if it works for you, you can get your life back. Try the three-week quick start and just see if it works for you relieffactor.com that's relieffactor.com or you can call them on the phone now 800-500-8384 the Glenn Beck program so uh, President Biden is going to give his first joint uh, session of Congress speech tomorrow night uh, usually the you know State of the Union and they go on and on and on and on 
I think you're going to see something miraculous, something that you're actually going to say, I'm glad Joe Biden was elected. Okay, You're going to see one thing tomorrow, one, and it's this. His speechwriters know it's 9 o'clock at night. There's no way he can go on for more than 20 minutes. So they've kept it short. I, 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 there's no way this smart. goes on for 90 minutes. Yeah, no way. If it goes on for 90 minutes, he's going to be like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's late. That's late. Yeah, it's late, late, late for him. For him. Mm-hmm. And there's no way he can get through a 90-minute speech. No a 3.30 p.m. start time would be, I think, ideal. He can make it for 40 minutes. Yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, and that's the thing. He's gonna. He's been completely incapable of making it through even one speech without having multiple real mess-ups in the middle of it. The question is, can he can he get 80% of the speech right? I mean, you're not really looking for 100% with, with Joe Biden. Yeah, I think a little... Uh, medicinal cocaine uh and he'd be <laughs> he'd be jacked up and ready to fly is that a recommendation uh, or are you accusing him i'm of just using... no i'm just i'm just i'm just wondering how trying to, to help. do tomorrow mm-hmm. just just trying to help just be there as a helper mm-hmm. uh we are going to have our coverage tomorrow night live you do not want to miss it on blaze tv.com slash glenn sign up now save 20 percent. use the promo code glenn this is the glenn back program